walk into this room at your own risk, because it leads to the future. Not a future that will be, but one that might be. This is not a new world. It is simply an extension of what began in the old one. It has refinements, technological advances, and a more sophisticated approach to the destruction of human freedom. It has one iron rule. Logic is an enemy and truth is a menace. Week 71, 6 hours 30 minutes to Doomsday. Fuck! It, there's like, Babs, there's a hole in the nothing. Why is there a hole in our nothing, Babs? As this is a pocket dimension and outside normal space-time, I am as much in the dark as you on this event, which... What the hell are you doing in my pocket dimension? I just made this shit. Nah, nah, I've, I've been here for, like, weeks, all right? Everything blew up, and I'm, if you had something to do with that, too, there's going to be a problem. But this is mine. Look, there's my couch, there's my fridge with the blob in it, there's my TV, there's my cat scorch mark, mine. Okay, okay, now, now hang on a second. I just created this pocket dimension. See, I got this black hole generator, right? And I'm going to punch a hole in reality to make these things. I made one already, and now fucking Jimmy Stewart has been living there for 50-some-odd years or more. Werewolf Man Jack ran off to hide that in that fucking place. And then I built this one, and then you're already in it, and you've been living here for how long now? Literally weeks. Literally weeks. And as far as I know, this was generated by the time hopping. No, 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 no. You, you do not have a fucking time harpoon. That does no. You don't. That no. I, I do. And you, you reverse the the flame settings, and it sucks stuff in. I know how a time harpoon works. I'm working on building one right now. How the fuck? What year are you in now? Uh, twenty sixty one ish. Well, at least I know my shit works, but Jesus Christ. Okay, so how did I punch a hole in space-time and end up in your timeline with my stuff working for you? How does this work? Uh, science? Well, pseudoscience, really. I mean, I could come up with some bullshit explanation on how I'm folding space-time and, you know, like, actually, here, look, get, you know, the piece of paper bullshit, you know? You, you, you yeah, take yeah, it. The, yeah, you poke you a hole it, in each side. Hole. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fold it yeah. up just like this. You put the pencil through space-time, punch a hole, right? That's how this is supposed to, it's supposed to work. That's where the time yes. harpoon came from. That's where the pocket dimensions are because the pocket dimension is the hole in between. And let's face it, pal, you're living in my hole. Look, uh, if it was your hole, it'd smell a whole lot different. That's all I'm saying. Probably but, uh, smell better than what it does in here. Jesus, what is that burning cat? Well, yes. There was an accident. I don't want to go into it too much. There were lessons learned, and we won't, you know, talk about that too much. But I've been here for weeks, too. I don't know how you got a link in, into into this hole, but it, like I said, it's my hole. And... I get the feeling that I, I've, I've heard the, the, that explanation with the, the paper in the hole and the poking through before. I feel like I've heard that before. Um, Babs, can you go through the archives and see if you can find something that matches that description? I have located the video file you are referring to, playing it now. 
Event Horizon, 1997. A rescue crew investigates a spaceship that disappeared into a black hole and has now returned, with someone or something new on board. This morning, TDRS picked up an automated navigation beacon broadcasting at two-minute intervals in Neptune orbit. Neptune orbit. This is incredible. It's the event horizon. She's come back. The event horizon was the culmination of a secret government project to create a spacecraft capable of faster-than-light flight. The ship doesn't really go faster than light. What it does is it creates a dimensional gateway that allows it to jump instantaneously from one point of the universe to another light years away. Where has she been for the last seven years, Doctor? That's what we're here to find out. After seven years in deep space... There were 18 people on board this ship when it disappeared. I want them all accounted for. Opening outer door. It came back abandoned. Any crew? Negative. This place is a tomb. But it didn't come back alone. Captain Miller! I've got some problems here! This ship has been beyond the boundaries of our universe. Who knows where it's been? And what it's brought back with it. What is it? This ship is reacting to us and the reactions are getting stronger. What are you telling me? That this ship is alive? Oh. I have such wonderful things to show you. Oh my god. It knows my secrets. <laughs> it knows my fears. Vacate. I want off this ship. You can't leave. She won't let you. Not the worst in either franchise. 
No, true. Not the worst, but de- definitely not not the happiest. Um, <laughs> there, there are a lot of angry people after that one. And speaking of angry people, this movie stars Lawrence Fishburne as Captain Miller, best known for being Morpheus in the Matrix series, uh, a very young soldier in Apocalypse Now, and my personal favourite appearance, Cowboy Curtis in Pee Wee's Playhouse. It isn't glamorous or cool or kid stuff, and it can kill you. What's really bad is nobody knows how much it takes. Wasn't he also rapist number three in Death Wish 2? He was. He was. Yes, he was rapist number three. I remember you talking about that. Uh, as a matter of fact, I heard it in the archives. Oh, it's man. a jacket off. <laughs> it's really weird, this whole timey-wimey thing. I'm not even yeah. sure that you're the same witch that I knew in my timeline that I'm from at this point. Well, well that, that time one's actually gone, by the way. Um, Earth, Cinder, gone. Just end off. That's why I'm here. Actually, that reminds me. I may have caused that. You left the oven up, didn't you? Uh, if by oven you mean Megaton fusion device, sure. Mm-hmm. It is you, you bastard. Speaking of bastards, this movie also stars Sam Neill as Dr. William Weir. Best known for Jurassic Park, Hunt for the Wilder People, and the legendary in the mouth of madness his finest work he's also the best antichrist ever yes i, I have a very special relationship with those movies and, and speaking of special relationships the other person that i highlighted in this movie was of course sean pertwee as smith best known for being father in equilibrium Dog Soldiers, and most recently as the most kick-ass version of a butler in Gotham. Also can't uh, discount the fact that his father was the third Doctor Who, since we're talking timey-wimey punching holes in the fabric of space and reality. That is true. His father was also a talking skater.
kind of girl I'd like to eat. First impressions count. So, I mean, you mentioned it earlier. This essentially is um, it's Hellraiser in space. Yeah, shortly after Hellraiser 4, which went to space and didn't do it nearly as well as this one. Yeah, which is kind of sad. And throw in a healthy dose of Alien, um, I think this movie's pretty much done. Yeah, it's like partway Legend of Hell House, partway Alien, partway Hellraiser in space, all mixed together with don't punch a hole in the fabric of reality or you're going to get this. Yes, you heard it first, folks. Don't punch holes. Particularly in the fabric of reality. Yes, or anybody else's hole for that matter. Stay out of my hole. That's all I'm saying. Um, <laughs> I made this hole and I'll enter it as much as I want. Oh my. It's my hole and you may not. No means no. All right, fine. If you ask nicely, maybe. Um, well, well the- considering I may be at fault for destroying your entire fabric of your reality, I guess I'll give you a timeless void to live in for now. Oh, that's so very generous of you. Thank you, passive aggressive dad. <laughs> uh, Sure, I ruined your life, but you can live under my roof. Um, oh, that was a little bit personal. Um, now, uh, speaking of things that aren't related to, to the scars on my body, um, the soundtrack was very action movie, and it seemed kind of wrong. Like the, the, the opening credits were very Arnie. And then the rest of the movie just sort of faded off until the end, where we had uh, a techno ending. Yeah, the music was really off the entire time in the film. I totally agree with you there. It doesn't really feel like it matched up. And I think they were trying to give a haunted house story some action movie feel, as you mentioned. So I I think that nails it perfectly. I mean, it just doesn't quite work. And I think it kind of undercuts all the spooky stuff the movie's trying to do. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, there was no one in the movie that stood out as, you know, an action movie star. Yeah, despite the fact that obviously Sam Neill's done a little bit um, Jason Isaacs has done quite a bit. Even Lawrence Fishburne's done, you know, a little bit of action movie type of stuff. But this wasn't an action movie. It was a haunted house, essentially. Yeah, Sean Pertwee was probably the closest to doing action-y kind of stuff. And, uh, <laughs> you know, even though he kind of got his card punched by Draco Malfoy's dad, who was the doctor in this. <laughs> the, and the twitchiest fucking doctor ever, right? It's, like, JD was highly fucking strong. Yeah, and speaking of that, like, who the hell, what kind of doctor actually just puts all of his instruments that are supposed to be sterilized and are super sharp? Who hangs that off of your vest that's around all the time? I mean, we're talking, like, what? points and sharpie stuff hanging off of his vest. It's supposed to be sterilized and none of it's covered, and it's just all right out there to cut and or infect. Yes. Yeah, uh, you know what? I actually don't think cleanliness had any, any place in this movie whatsoever. I mean, they were in the control room, which was covered in guts for an extended period of time no one said do you think maybe we should clean this <laughs> i actually enjoyed the gut decor i'm thinking about doing that in my home mm, fresh intestine just what every house needs <laughs> Well, and like, like just to get to the heart of it, this whole event horizon thing where they're punching the hole of, you know, like in the fabric of reality to do the space time thing, the whole pseudoscience explanation on folding space time <laughs> with the piercing paper. I think the only way you can make that believable is the way this film did it by giving you a cheesecake pinup shot to distract yeah. you from the fact that that's not how it works. Yes, and Pertwee was uh, suitably upset with that. And I agree with you. You don't go ruining perfectly good softball porn. It's just not on. 
Well, and it was extremely softcore because she actually had like a one piece bathing suit on compared to all the other stuff that was sitting around. I think they did that for the television edit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. It was just sort of like, oh, okay. And you know what? While there, there was momentary nudity in this movie, I didn't feel like I missed it. It was there was enough going on that it was okay. And when I think about nudity, I think about three D nudity. And was it just me? Did this feel like it? There was like it should have been in three D, or they thought about it being in three D. There's certainly a lot of stuff coming at you on the screen, yeah. but 3D wasn't really that big of a thing, and it was long since dead. I think it was more or less the bad CG of the floating uh, debris inside uh, the ship that made you think 3D, because the yeah. way they did that, dis- that looked really bad. I mean, it just looked really bad. <laughs> yeah, I was like, no, I was 97, and, you know, I thought we were well past that level of just, oh, shitty, shitty CGI. Because um, I was watching that go, oh, it just made me very, very, sad on the reverse um when i looked at the event horizon as a spaceship it made me think about uh, a he-man sex toy (laughs) see i think that the spaceship looks like an ancient cathedral that was designed by a team up of mobius and hr geiger oh i I like that it was was just like it was just the sword handle end and and the big bulbous other end that just made me think sex toy which probably says more about me than it does anything else well i know i always think sex toy when i see everything so you know can't blame you there and it is true everything is a sex toy if you're brave enough porn is different from sex in real life let's find out how it's gonna leave that there um Speaking of, of, of being brave enough, the inside of this ship was, was it, it was just like super slaughterhouse. Like, who the fuck designed that shit? I mean, Sam was definitely he was off. If that was his design, spikes like huge meat grinder doors and um, a cheese grater rotating in the middle of the thing. What the fuck? It's definitely a ship designed by a guy who has a guilty conscience who should not shave with a straight razor that his wife kill herself with. Ah, oh, thank you. <laughs> that just proves what a fucking asshole he is. He does not care. His wife committed suicide with a straight razor, and at the opening of the movie, he's there just going, yeah, I'm just probably shaving with exactly the same straight razor. How narcissistic can you be? Or how much do you need to punish yourself? I mean, there's a whole through line of sadomasochism and guilt complexes mixed together. This is the most Catholic space movie ever. Oh, yes, definitely, definitely very, very, uh, yes, self-flagellation. Yeah, let's leave it at that, self-flagellation. Yeah, let's just just leave that and quietly not make eye contact anymore. Um, I'm going to step away from all that stuff and and talk about the ship's log. Um, Apparently they kept it on CD and it got stuck inside the machine. Are you supposed to fix that with a paperclip? It's amazing that the ship's logs that far in the future. It's like what twenty forty seven when they finally oh, show up. And no, it was like twenty seventy or something. It was, it was something stupid. Well, I know it's like in twenty fifteen. It says at the beginning they colonized the moon completely, and twenty thirty two they're mining on Mars, yeah. and then twenty forty right. they decide to do the deep space exploration with the Event Horizon. It disappears, and then seven later, years later it reappears in twenty forty seven. Yeah, there you go. So you read all that fast typing text. I just went, nah, too hard. 
<laughs> I did a lot of frame by frame pauses on this film, which, you know, may not be a very good idea, particularly in the hellscape stuff. If you have a delicate sensibility, you do not want to go frame by frame when they show the actual hellscape stuff. Yes, so some of that's it's pretty full on. It was, uh, yeah, I, I must admit, I did roll it back and watch some of it a couple of times ago. Yep, no, I did see that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, no, that's not good. Now, having said that, I want all of those props for my Halloween decorations next year. Uh, see, that that would be the coolest like Halloween house. That's just going to have kids soiling themselves in the street. <laughs> just walking past you. Ah! Oh, mommy, I can't ever sleep with the light on. Um, now, there were, speaking of not sleeping with the light on, um, there were a lot of tropes, a lot of space tropes in this movie. You know, the, the comms go out, the air's running out, we've got a set self-destruct. They're smoking um, cigarettes in an oxygen-rich environment uh, probably cause huge fires and blow up the ship because it's just a giant oxygen-based bomb, if you're not careful. But but they're making like, this big deal about the O2 scrubbers. You know, they needed, like, 25 of them or whatever it was. Right. To, so they can survive. But they're fucking smoking. Yep. The I'm entire just, time. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I was just like, what the fuck are you fuck? They also have that whole thing about that's not a load-bearing structure for you to, like, anchor your ship onto, but they never pay that trope off of it breaking out. And just yeah. saying it is now after you grip onto something does not make it a load-bearing structure. You can't just say no. it is now and then it is. That's not how that works. Yeah, uh, and I think that links directly back into the sex toy chat we just had before. Uh, <laughs> saying it is now doesn't make it a sex toy. <laughs> and... <laughs> Or at least a safe one. I mean, just using it yeah. pretty much makes it one, but that doesn't mean that it's a safe one. Yes. And is it safe? <laughs> is it safe? Um, the last time I saw this much free-flowing blood was had to be The Shining, because there was a lot of just, like, floods of, of red blood just everywhere. Yeah, in my note I wrote, that's odd, the blood usually invades the service corridor and the fresh water tanks. <laughs> just directly <laughs> a Simpsons reference to The Shining. <laughs> Yes, exactly. It's just like, oh, yes, just flush it out with that damn one.
Tell me what you learned and keep it nice. I think I think one of the things that I took away from this movie was the fact that never trust anything written in Latin. Yeah, just by good measure, don't read anything bound in human flesh and inked in human blood, preferably if it's written in Latin. Just stay away from yeah. it. Yeah, just stay away from Latin. And it's just like any any dead language, it's dead for a fucking reason. Uh, I think that's the key. And recordings, um, recordings from a long-lost time travel vessel that sound like an intro to a Morbid Angel album should be the biggest red flag to stay the fuck away from that vessel. Yeah, now... <laughs> How is it that, was it USAC, MySAC, ISAC, whatever the fuck it was, like they had all their scientists deciphering the noise from, from the event horizon. None of them heard the Latin Latin line, but the fucking twitchy medic got it. Yeah, he must be tuned into the finer points of sadomasochism while speaking Latin. Mm, maybe he's a Catholic. <laughs> um, That's what I was thinking. I mean, why else would he have all those sharp gadgets on himself that could hurt himself and others? Oh, Jackson, you wacky fun stuff. Um, Sam's version of layman's terms is is science bullshit. All right, he 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 was he was a hell dimension apologizer. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of pseudoscience babble explaining an artificial black hole is made to punch a hole in space time. But the idea of doing that is completely like there's no way that the idea that doing that would have an unexpected consequence is just completely ludicrous to him. I mean, like he just completely ignores the fact that, well, I'm folding the fabric of space time and reality in on itself and punching a hole in it with a black hole generator. But there's no way that in any way, shape or form, some kind of weird thing is going to result from that, like a pocket dimension that someone else is already in. Yeah, no, 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 that would never happen. Uh, there was swamp gas. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the ship's hull is expanding and making noises. Yeah. And, like, all the excuses in the world for this stuff. Just really, Sam, fuck you. Um, <laughs> speaking of fuck you, the rules about frozen states seem to be quite flexible. Um, you know, you had a body that was a, essentially a corpsicle, but there were bottles of water and coolant floating around. I, I, I didn't understand how, how that worked. Coolant is also technically antifreeze. It could be in that way to resist the strange bits of temperature. I mean, that's the only reason why I think the coolant was flowing around and it would look the more oil viscous fluid. So maybe it doesn't freeze oh. at the temperature a corpse would because it's not generating its own heat. That's the only thing that I could think. Uh, but let's face it, the real excuse is coolant floating around that they have to move out of their way CGA eye-wise looks awesome. And also, so does a body that falls and shatters into a million pieces. In pieces. Yeah, shattering bodies, always cool. Yeah, even oh, if it's crappy CGI, but in this case, I think this one looked like they actually shattered a physical prop of some sort. It didn't look like CGI. I went frame by frame, and if it's not, I, they it did was, an awesome yeah. job. I actually think it may have been a physical object, which makes it extra fucking cool, because somebody took the time to carve all that shit into it. And that was a messed up course. Yeah, that looks great. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of cool. Um, I, I, one of the things that I, I really got out of this is never put your hand in space good. Never put your hand in goo, all right? Goo is bad. Do you want space Cenobites? Because turning on the floodlight chaos sphere is how you become space Cenobites. That is exactly it, right? And but it's just, you know, and I'll, I'll talk about this, this a bit bit later, but Baby or Justin or whatever the fuck his name was, he's a dumbass, right? He's just, he goes, oh, look, space floaty goo. I'll jam my fucking hand in it and see what happens. Yeah, it's just, never ugh. never a good idea to jam your hand into black viscous fluid that wasn't there moments before. Don't do it. Exactly. Don't do it. Don't, just don't do it. 
kids. It's bad. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. Now, um, we did touch on it a bit earlier, but the ruined ship log looked a lot like jammed cable porn to me. <laughs> it's really funny that you say that because the flashes of what happens to the first crew look like the kind of party that I can get behind. Oh, look, it, it, it did look like look, one of the biggest amateur gangbangs I'd ever seen, but there was a little bit too much eye gouging for my, for my life. See, I disagree. There was just the right amount of eye gouging. What about light bondage? Well, only 40% have tried it. Wait. Uh, I don't know. Uh, you know look, I, I, I'm all for having somebody's eye out, but uh, I think I'd prefer to do it the old-fashioned way. It's always funny until somebody gets hurt, and then that shit is hilarious. Yeah, and I think that's why I'm I'm never happy because I'm yet to actually have somebody's eye out. Um, not for want to try. And anytime you have your eyes ripped out, that you're in the dark. And apparently, the dark was coming. Did it? Did the dark come? Of course. I don't know, but Eyeless Sam Neil is definitely the sexiest he's ever going to be. Oh, well, where they were going, you didn't need eyes. And um, I think that's fantastic. <laughs> I'm assuming that the dark did, in fact, come because Sam Neil gets his eyes back, and that's probably because the dark was there. Yeah, but, but why did they come? If you didn't need them, why did they come back? Only to be obviously piercing blue, you know, hell dimensions. I'm guessing that's because the correction to the sexiest version of Sam Neill is actually slashed up Sam Neill that looks kind of like a sadomasochistic like carving of all of these various symbols and runes on his body. That's the sexiest Sam Neill looks in this movie. Cinnaboy Sam, definitely a bit sexy. Having said that, did not need to see Sam's carved up Wayne. Is it, just, to, me, to... is it just me or is Cenobite Sam a Bauhaus song? <laughs> It may well be. That's one for you to test at home, kids. That may be one of those situations where you end up repeatedly yelling, fuck me. On top of everything else that's going on with this poor crew, they are also slowly suffocating as the carbon dioxide levels continue to rise to toxic levels, yet someone is still smoking in the background when they discuss that. Ugh. Yeah. Smoking kills. Right. Let's just fucking leave it at that. Smoking kills. Assholes. Yeah. 
How would you like to try something a little different? The following is a public service announcement. Hi, I'm Court from Cinema PsyOps and OCD Podcast. In today's world where things are Brexiting, walls are trying to go up, emergencies of state are being declared, presidents are getting more and more orange, people are hating each other, division is happening, the climate is changing... Everything is just burning up. Cats and dogs are living together. It's mass hysteria. You. 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 And you. Yes, even you should be fucking. I'm sure you've got questions. Ask me anything. <laughs> well, let me ask you a question. You're a science type person. What, what's the what's the the thought process behind putting the ship's name on the front in huge letters surrounded by lights? Who the fuck is going to see that? Uh, that actually is a Hollywood construct to basically remind you the name of the film equates the ship. Yeah, I'm not buying that shit. I don't know, man. They do that in Star Trek, too. I mean, they have call sign letters on the fucking Enterprise. Yeah, but it's just on the side. Like, you know, they've just marked it. It's not like it's fucking lit up like a bloody, I don't know, an arcade or something. It just seemed weird, right? It just seemed fucking weird. Yeah, well, Paul W.S. Anderson isn't exactly the best filmmaker in the world either, is he? Well, Hellraiser in space. Um, now, moving away from, from weird stuff like that, how long do you think Sam could hold his gut in for? <laughs> approximately as long as it takes to get the shot of him walking around with his carved up wang. Yeah. Well, no, see, I, I was thinking more he, he's, his initial, like, his, his rebirth from the tube. He is quite clearly holding his gut in. <laughs> I don't know. He just looked uncomfortable. Sam, this is like any minute now, I'm either going to need to breathe or fast. I don't know. They should have gave him one of those control top shirts that they handed out to everybody else. Yeah, I know, because everybody else looked pretty cut. Um, now, I have a theory, and my theory is that every movie that takes place in the future has what I've termed a shit kid in it for me to hate. Now, was Justin this movie shit kid, or was it actually the uh, the woman's child? Is it Justin, or is it the child? I believe it's Justin. I think Justin was the shit kid in this movie. I would have to say that it's that baby bear, a.k.a. Justin, because his yeah. ears just beg to be torn off by bare hands. Yes, yes. If anyone should have had his eyes torn out, it should have been Justin. Yeah, I was actually not very sad whenever he was left in the decompression chamber and, you know, his face blew up and everything. I didn't understand why they were trying so hard to save him. Yeah, he should have just exploded. That would have been much better. And maybe, you know, then Lawrence Fishburne could have survived. Now, why is it that fans are the only things that are ever properly lit on a spaceship? 
because they look cool. And there's also crawl spaces that are made of giant circuit boards that are also backlit. It looks beautiful that way. That's my favorite part does, of the movie. It does look very sexy. Um, not practical, because really, if you've got to crawl through all that super green lit um, circuit board to replace that shorted card, that says poor planning to me. Well, also, you're going to be building up some static electricity while you're crawling through in your very delicate circuitry, so probably not a good idea there either. Yeah, and clearly, no redundancy. Again, poor planning, Sam. Everything about what you've done on this, this ship, Sam, is shit. Shame on you. Um, now, speaking of shame, I'm not a scientist, but explosions in space. In space, there can be no flames. Yeah, you need oxygen for flames, so the flames would burn out the minute the oxygen from the explosion of the ship goes away, too. Yeah, that's it. Although, you know, Morpheus does, does explain, apparently, how, you know, fires, fire in zero-G floats in pretty waves um, as he watched one of his friends die. But, yeah, I just would have went, no, space explosions don't work. I mean, look, I've tried, aside from the cat that exploded in here, I couldn't light a, light a fire to save myself. Well, and explosive decompression doesn't work like they show in this movie with the vacuum of space. The part where he shoots the rivet gun through the window, you know, yeah. you, you can't just like hold on to something with the grip of your hand and not have that vacuum of space not suck you out or rip your hand off. Like, that's just mm. not going to happen. And they do that in tons of movies. That's another one of those goddamn tropes, man. It, it is. Now, speaking, speaking of that, why is there a windscreen on a spaceship? <laughs> what, what the fuck, man? I mean, what are, the, what are they relying on a, a window to look at on a fucking spaceship? And why are micro cassette recorders in 2040? Did they have a retro comeback to be used solely to translate dead languages to warn you not to use the ship that you just used? Maybe, you know, maybe, I mean, look, that explains Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> well, that makes sense because he was kidnapped in the 80s, so he has some of that tech that he brought with him. But yeah. in this case, it's 2040, and they have all these other things like wall-mounted CDRs that, that, <laughs> that record the ship's logs. Why do they have micro-cassette recorders in 2040? Uh, it was just bizarre. Truly, truly bizarre. And if nothing else, I think the biggest question out of this entire movie is, do you see...
Your time is almost up. So give me your final thoughts. If you arrive anywhere that's covered in blood in carved up corpses, surely you're just going to fuck this time out, right? Or masturbate, whichever comes first. You can do one then the other. Right. Crank one out real quick because you should be fucking and then get the hell out. Yeah, exactly, right? Just even if you've got a friend, fuck, rub each other, you know, roll around in the blood and guts, get, get, it, get it all red up, and then fucking just go. We're done. The more, and, and, oh, sorry, go ahead. Go. I was going to say, the, no. more, the more emotionally damaged you actually are, the easier prey that you are for this fabric-tearing reality generator thing that is that chaos sphere. So oh. make sure that you have worked out all of your issues before traveling in such a way. Exactly. And if, if not, if you're dealing with some, some personal inner demons, just tag the fucking ship. Tag it, put a fucking beacon on it, get out. Send for the Marines. <laughs> right? That's what, what got me, right? They go, this is all fucked up. It's all really bad, um, but we're going to have a, a wander around anyway. They should have just fucking tagged it and bolted. I thought they were the Marines that got sent in. Didn't somebody else already tag it and have them come to get it? No, no, there was just the, there was the transmission that, that they got, and apparently they went, oh, all you guys that are on leave, um, you all got to come back because you're the, the best of the best, um, or at least the most expendable. They were and, the best uh, around. No one's ever going <laughs> to keep them down. Now, speaking of the best around, from, from my perspective, I think Smith was the hero of this movie. He was the only one with any fucking sense. He said fuck it, like, from the get-go. Yeah, Smith's meltdown pretty much was the point where the audience is like, yeah, everybody else is going to die if he, they don't listen to him right now. Exactly right. They, they should have just gone, no, nah, he's right. Yeah, he's a little high-strung. And really, you know, speaking of high strung, uh, the the medic's solution to calm him down, yeah, let's put a scalpel to his throat and just make him calm down. I'm pretty sure that's not in any medical book. I believe that was probably the influence of the ship, and I believe that that doctor was actually more damaged than he was letting on as well. He was just fighting it off better than Sam Neill's character, who very clearly wanted to taste the pleasure toast of that ship. To desire, I offer you ultimate pleasure. Your thirst, your lust is hunger. Submit to my toast, my pleasure toast. You hunger for oh, Yes, yes, it had such pleasures to show. And, and remember, don't cry. It's a waste of good suffering. <laughs> yeah, that ship's um, not going to let anyone leave until they taste its pleasure toast. Pure and simple. Pleasurey. Now, um, Sam with his eyes sewed up. Was it just Meredith? He looked like a weird sort of glove puppet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did. He looked a little bit like a sock puppet without buttons for eyes. Like the buttons fell off, but the stitches are still there. Yeah, it's, just, it's just like, it's just, I'm there going, oh, Sam, someone's done something really weird to you. And oh, I feel sad, but it's kind of cool all at the same time. Yeah, his eyes look like a blind man stitched him up. Oh, wait, he did it himself. So that's probably why. <laughs> that's probably why. Uh, and well, again, um, yeah, he didn't need eyes where he was going. Although he did have eyes and that ruined it for everybody. Um, speaking, speaking of ruining, they, they all lived, uh, allegedly, happy ever after, except for all the PTSD and nightmares. Well, pretty much everybody but three people die, and the one person that you want to die lived because they put him in stasis and then he didn't get possessed. How the hell does yeah. that work? And, 
uh, it made no sense. And how did the, the, the rescue people, whoever they were, how did they recognise those three bodies in the tubes? How did they go, oh, look, that's you know, Smith and Jones and Justin? Uh, maybe they had chips like uh, what the P, <laughs> what the what the uh, ASPCA does here in the states for people. Uh, <laughs> like you know, for yeah. animals, they do it for people in in space. No one can ID you without a chip. I don't know. Maybe who knows? That's something we're thinking about. And, and look, after all of this, just the thought of being trapped with these people is my own personal hell. Well, and especially since the mission debriefing introduces you to each of the characters in one fell swoop, you know for yeah. sure which ones you're going to like and not like by the way they're introduced and how they react to it. And I pretty much hated everybody but the lady who ended up in Nip Tuck, who coincidentally also survives. Yes, yes. That's right, she was in Nip Tuck. She was quite good for memory. Yeah. There you go. Uh, exploding hallway of foreshadowing is the only way that you can actually survive. That, that, that is true because if nothing else, if you build a ship with a giant long corridor, there's a guarantee that that has to explode to separate the parts. And if you're going to take one thing away from this film, it's don't punch a hole through the fabric of space time or reality if you don't want to be fodder for space Cenobites. That's right. You heard it here first, kids. Don't punch holes. Space Cenobites are bad. Unless you want to taste their pleasure toast, then go right ahead. You work 689 days in a row, six shows a day, 15 minute breaks. Is that showbiz? No matter how bad you feel, could have a fever in the dry heaves from that left-handed cigarette and shot of old crow you did between the first and second show. You could have a social disease you caught from some platinum blonde bombshell in Boise. You could feel bad because you lost your wallet, your dog, your best friend, or even your wife. And no matter how bad you feel, when those house lights go down, a smile lights up your face. Why? Because that show is. You work, practice, woodshed, suffer for your craft. Do the old soft shoe till your feet bleed. Sing Mammy till your throat swells, all the while smiling even though your face hurts. You do this for ten years and the day after the back page of some local rag says you're great. You see somebody better and younger than yourself. And he closes the show with a gag he stole from you. And that show is... Ex-wives and kids who do interviews with the scandal sheets. A long, cool broad who loves you for your name and your name only. This afternoon's pizza backstage at some dive you played a hundred times before. 
where rats the size of a loaf of bread climb the walls and run the pipes. Where the same drunk crudely delivers the same insults that you counter the same way every night. Except each time your delivery's a little different and the people laugh. That's showbiz. You're up for the part of leading man in a full-length feature film. And after you read, you get a part. One lousy line in a scene where you play the school janitor. So you say your line with all the pizzazz and intensity of a bogey or an Edward G. And that's showbiz. I say to all the little people who spit shine and polished my long and jagged trail to the top, thank you. For without you, the little people, I would not be where I am today. It is truly you who are showbiz. series drama where I portray myself in the story of my life, simply entitled, That's Showbiz. Thank you. You've been a wonderful audience. I love you. And remember, That's Showbiz. Good night. Well, it's nice for you to drop in and remember, this is my pocket, despite what what you've decided. So are you going to, like, take your black hole with you, or am I going to have to... I don't know, like just turn everything around so it's behind me and I don't have to look at it. Well, if you think about it, right, we can just put in another gateway to the doorway and you can get supplies for me like we've done before in the past. I mean, you seem like the least dickish version of the witch that I've dealt with, so I'm cool if you are. <laughs> the, and look, that's saying something, really? If I'm the least dickish version. Um, look, there are a few things that, that I can't get. Um, anything that's basically alive, um, can't come through, as I mentioned, the cat. Um, so why not? Do you think? Um, do you think you could take the blob fridge with you? Because I'm kind of, uh, I'm afraid to open it. You got a blob in your fridge. Well, I've got a fridge that has like warning labels on it. This is "Do not open blob inside," and it's a bit like Schrodinger's fridge. I'm afraid to open it because it might have a blob, but I won't know if there's a blob until I open it. All right, if I can make a pocket dimension that opens up in, like, a Hoth-like environment, I'm going to take that off your hands. But for now, I want you just to hold on to it, because with climate change happening in my timeline, things are getting bad, and I don't think it's going to be cold enough for that thing to work. Okay, I'm just going to leave it there, and, you know, maybe I can find a dimension where Dunboco exists, and I can send it to them. Well, and also this whole burnt cat thing, I might be able to figure out something to reverse time on that burning up cat if you actually want to pet again. Well... Uh, some kind of... I just want someone to talk to. That's half the reason why anyone turns up, is just to give me someone to talk to. Well, you got the gateway here, you got your weird time harpoon thing that you also stole from me, like this pocket dimension, so you can get guests now. I can supply you with some food and some living things, so if you want another pet, that's fine. You just can't have one of mine. Aw, I wanted a mat climb. (laughs) 
That wasn't the pet that I was referring to, but sure, I could throw him through this portal someday. You can do whatever you want with him. have been listening to Witch versus the Doomsday Clock, a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn, and on your Android device. Come join the rest of the Meat Popsicles in our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash witch versus the Doomsday Clock. The replicant known as Witch can be found on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, and Instagram by searching for T-H-E-W-Y-C-H. Now, in the words of Lord Humongous, Just walk away, and there will be an end to the horror. Big thanks to my fellow podcasters for their support. Rock on, my brothers.